Welcome to the Recycle Podcast, where we discuss everyday issues from a mental health perspective. We are your hosts, Dr. LaFanya Jones, Dr. Rashonda Strickland, and Dr. Nichelle Wall. Now don't get it twisted. We're not going to be your stereotypical therapists. What we will be is down to earth, informative, a little spicy, and vulnerable. All right, interns, turn up the volume, grab your pen and paper. It's supervision time. As a reminder, this podcast is not meant to take the place of a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Welcome back to session 38, The Rabbit Hole. Okay, interns, so we want to put a little disclaimer out there uh, that we have some construction going on in the area that we record. So if you hear something in the background, you know, please forgive us. It's we've been trying to find a day and a time that works best that they're not actively doing what they do. But we're finding that to be a little bit difficult. So if you do hear some noises or random sounds like that, it's probably um, the construction workers in the back. But this week we are talking about cognitive distortions, um, big fancy way of saying negative thinking patterns, mm-hmm. irrational thoughts irrational. that affect your feelings, mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. them things right there and behavior. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Correct. Yes. I feel like Dr. Jones is trying to jump into our psych 101 lesson today, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, like we said, cognitive distortions are negative thinking patterns, irrational thoughts um, that can affect the way you behave and affect the way you feel. Uh, so we're going to start off by giving you a little bit of a list on some of these, explaining what they are and giving you examples of how that may show up in everyday life. Cool. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, some of these also are umbrella terms for other types. So we mm-hmm. may kind of collapse some of them down um, versus going into every one specifically, but we'll let you know when we get there. The first one that we've got on the list is filtering. So filtering is when you take negative details and magnify those details while filtering out all of the positive pieces of the situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, also known as discounting the positive. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Uh, so some of these terms have, they're called different things just depending upon where you find this information. But filtering is basically, like I said, discounting the positive. So you just focus on that one little negative part. So like an example of this would be if you are getting your yearly review, And they said, exceeds expectations, exceeds expectations, exceeds expectations, meets expectations. You didn't hear nothing that they said (laughs) before they got to meets expectations. And that's the only thing that you're going to focus on. Yes. (laughs) It's kind of like uh, when we was reviewing uh, Malcolm and Marie. I was just going to use that one. That's a good one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Well, I don't remember what the specific thing was, but he, you know, he was trying to get his little review from the white lady because he kept calling her the white lady, the white journalist. And she said one thing that he didn't like. It wasn't that it was bad. And he just flipped out, even though she gave him a great review and she's hard to get a great review from. Mm -hmm. And so instead of him just enjoying the fact that he got this good review, he went off the hinge. 
screaming, yelling. (laughs) (laughs) For no reason, because he still got a good review. Mm -hmm. Even the part when, you know, well, not she wasn't really giving him good feedback in the first place. But when Marie was giving him the feedback and he knocked on the window, was like, you think I'm mediocre? Oh. <laughs> yes, because I said it. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. So you definitely want to make sure you're watching out for that. You know, it can come up. Uh, we said this before in a different session when, um, like, if somebody says, oh, your shirt's nice. Oh, and yeah. And you say, oh, yeah, I got it for $5 at Target. It was on the clearance rack. You know, even though it's your backhandedly taking the com uh compliment you're still kind of trying to downplay Mm -hmm. you know the niceness or um you know what they were trying to do for you yeah i think we we all practice that in some at some point in our lives because Mm. we are yeah i mean we're just human we'll hear all of the positive things but when it comes to hearing that one negative thing it's like the negative thing overshadows everything that you that a person just said to you or what you just heard mm-hmm. okay so for our next one we have black and white thinking slash all or nothing thinking um and this one is really kind of self-explanatory you either you don't see shades of gray when it comes to a situation it's either all good it's all bad like there is no middle ground for whatever you're you know got going on in your head um I'm trying to think of a good example of this one. Well, we brought it up in one of the sessions when Mm -hmm. we were talking about judgment and development in children and things Mm -hmm. of that nature. So Mm -hmm. the example we used was someone stealing and the things that they stole were like milk and bread and pampers or something like that. And instead of, you know, yes, they did something wrong. They shouldn't have stole something, but they're, also maybe a reason behind that to where maybe they didn't have any money and their kids needed something to eat so it went uh, you know along that path so you can't just put somebody in one box they're probably going to be in multiple Mm -hmm. and so with black or white thinking or all or nothing thinking you're incapable of seeing that it's like no it has to be this way Mm -hmm. I think it's the same way with um, the Christian walk you're either a saint or a sinner Mm -hmm. and a now person alive no saint (laughs) (laughs) but we all are sinners Mm -hmm. so yeah and black and black or white thinking you know it makes you rigid because Mm -hmm. you stick to one side or the other and it can make it difficult for people to deal with you if you you know kind of if this is your go-to oh yeah that's something that we probably want to let the interns know that we all do all of these some of the time Mm mm-hmm you know, so once we get through this list, you'll be like, oh, I've done that. I've done that. Um, but we tend to have, you know, a couple of go to's that mm-hmm. are our norm when we're experiencing a situation. Um, but just be OK that you probably <laughs> at some point in your life have done all of these at some point in time. And and they change because I know I used to be real big in black and white. Mm-hmm. Real, I mean, because I grew up in a church, so. Mm-hmm. I was real big in the black and white. It wasn't until I became an adult and experienced some life and experienced some challenges of my own that I was like, yeah, no, that can't be how life goes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This one, I mean, it is super rigid. Mm -hmm. You know, it can lead to you arguing with people, you know, because you're so um, steadfast on your point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is one of those ones that deals with a lot of cognitive dissonance. Mm -hmm. And so for those that don't know what cognitive dissonance 
is we've discussed it before, but it's where, you know, you think a certain way and new information is given to you. But instead of you taking in that new information to see how it affects whatever you guys are talking about, it's like, mm-mm, I don't care what that information is. It has to be this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why we had the riot on January 6th. I'm going to just leave it at that. You mean the terrorist attack? Mm. That's what I meant. What I say? Riot? No. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. No. Scratch that part. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have pegged it that way, but yeah. I think that's a good point. Um, so the next one we've got is over general, <clears throat> excuse me, guys, I'm sorry. You know, we've recovering <laughs> from COVID, so I still got the little frog in my throat. Um, but the next one we've got is over generalization. So this is when you take a single piece of information, a single piece of evidence of some sort, and you apply that and you kind of shoehorn it to fit a lot of different situations yeah. Um, when it doesn't actually, you know, kind of go together. Um, an example of this would be something like, um, students. Mm. Who, mm-hmm. When you experience having, I don't know, four exams for the semester and you make a 95 on all three and the last one you make like a 75, now you're a horrible student. Mm-hmm. That would be an example. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking something like, uh, so I try to talk to people and, you know, they didn't say good morning to me. And, you know, <laughs> like I said good morning and they didn't say good morning back to me. So then like, oh, well, everybody at the office hates me. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, no, that one person didn't say good morning to you. And you don't know why they didn't, mm-hmm. which were all that. So they combined two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Cause you can do that. You can combine these together. So we haven't talked about this one yet, but that would be an over, over general, over generalization. And it would also be, um, actually sounds like three jumping to conclusions mm-hmm. and yep. mind reading. Well, they all together. They, all, they yeah. under the same umbrella. They are. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of jumping to conclusions, that's the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Good segue. I, know, I love it. Uh, so this is basically you try to come up with your own solution answer to a situation, uh, but you don't have anything to back that up. Mm-hmm. Now, a good example for that is relationships mm-hmm. <laughs> of romantic and platonic mm-hmm. relationships. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. If some if you are waiting on your spouse or your significant other and they're late oh they must be cheating (sighs) i have so many thoughts on that one because that happens so often in couple sessions Mm -hmm. that you make these assumptions and you you know what your mom you know you heard your mom say or like uh other people say well if you point um, the finger mm-hmm. this way you know mm. how many are like pointing back at you mm-hmm. or you know you know what you do when you assume mm-hmm. you make a uh-huh. out of you and me uh-huh <laughs> filling the rest uh but basically that's what jumping to conclusion is you know yeah. you're just out here just coming up with stuff mm-hmm. you running with your own storyline yeah and the thing is i'm gonna say <laughs> let me tell y'all an example of this real quick of my personal life so <laughs> one morning I had a whole conversation in my head, <laughs> in my head. I was in the shower and I was, I was in the shower and I was, th- I don't know. I don't even know 
how this conversation started in my head. Mm -hmm. But it started. And I started just jumping to conclusions and I started getting mad. <laughs> and I was like, I had, I, like, I had, it was like, I had to come back to reality. Cause I was like, wait, wait, wait a minute. What, what is, I mean, what is going on? What is going on with this? Lord, I had to catch myself. Mm -hmm. Well, you do, especially with this one, because just kind of like we were talking about the black and white thinking, how it can lead to very rigid you know responses to people so can jumping to conclusions because mm -hmm. you believe what's in your own head yeah you know sometimes it's very hard to combat your own thoughts and if i've already come up with an answer and that's what i believe mm -hmm. you trying to convince me is going to be very difficult because in this particular type of cognitive distortion i came up with the answer with no evidence yeah mm -hmm. and i think what people don't realize is that okay yes you have your certain life experiences and things that you've you know went through and so your thought process is already built a certain way but when you have a new situation pop up you can't just take something from your past and pluck it out and put it in the hole of the communication or the situation and be like okay let me just run over this and now this makes sense no you have to go and get clarity from the people that you're dealing with or from the situation that you're going through and so a lot of times people just put insert new information or old information into a new situation and that's not how that go yeah mm -hmm. you see this a lot well you see it a lot in relationships period but you also see it in a lot when with people who have been hurt and mm -hmm. haven't healed yeah defense mechanism mm -hmm. agreed so um like we said a little bit earlier some of these are umbrella terms for other types of uh distortions so jumping to conclusions would be kind of the umbrella also for fortune telling mm -hmm. and fortune telling is basically when you try to anticipate what's going to happen but you believe it's going to turn out badly Mm -hmm. You know, you don't anticipate that it's going to go well. I'm going to break up with you before you break up with me. Yeah, that get on my nerves. I was like, <laughs> I, man, that, ooh, that was that, a perfect example right that there. That bothers me so much. I'm like, can you stop? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Please, see, self-fulfilling prophecy. Now I am because you didn't got on my last nerve. <laughs> I'm yes. sick of it. Yes. yes. Man, that self-fulfilling prophecy is a. Ooh, it's a beast. It is. That's a session in and of itself. It is. Mm -hmm. For real. Uh, and then also underneath this umbrella would be mind reading. Mm -hmm. And mind reading is when you think you already know what another person is thinking. So how Edward Cullen, how <laughs> you professor X too? come on now, stop it. Yes. Yeah. You were not a mutant. <laughs> and I don't know why people try to mind read because if you really could jump into another person's mind, you would likely not like the things that you see. Mm-hmm or understand that are going on in their head yeah. uh, because you know, we have some dark stuff in there sometimes. And mm -hmm. like, for example, if you get upset with a friend or you get upset with a spouse or uh, a partner of some sort, sometimes people really think like, you know, I could really bust you over the head right now, <laughs> but that, don't, I didn't say it, it don't but mean it's I'm in my head. Either. Right. Yes. It that's the way you making me feel. Mm -hmm. Y'all know we say it on the sessions all the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if you could actually mind read and hear my inner thoughts, you know, we would probably not want to be, friends, be friends or lovers with nobody. Brothers, sisters, nothing. Right. Oh, this how you think I don't about even want to be at the airport because yes. I don't want to hear what the next person beside me saying about me. Exactly. <laughs> I don't need to add nothing else to my empathy mm -hmm. and my introversion. That's I don't need mind reading at it. I'm mm -hmm. good. 
And the hard part about a lot of these distortions, like with mind reading, like you, once you kind of settle into whichever one that you're in, you, your behavior starts to reflect what's going on with that thought. Mm -hmm. Because it increases your anxiety. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So if I'm mind reading and I say, you know what? I think Dr. Wall is mad at me. I ain't, but okay. <laughs> so now I'm going to shut down and I'm going to start detaching and I'm not going to say nothing to her. Right. Because you know, we petty. Mm-hmm. But in reality, <laughs> I just made all that up. All of it. Mm-hmm. A prime example of this was uh, whenever I got ready to tell the office that I had been diagnosed uh, with breast cancer, like they could sense that something was going on. I was walking around trying to get my tear ducts together because I was crying all the time. And they're like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. And so eventually I sent out um, an email because I was like, I can't go have this conversation face to face. And then everybody, oh, we thought you was doing, we was leaving or something. <laughs> I was like, what? No. It's like, well, I mean, mm-hmm. this is uncharacteristic of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So watch yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't run with your own storyline. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. It's a huh? song. Yes. <laughs> I wish we it. could yeah, <laughs> wish we could play a little bit of it right now, but you know, copyrights. So the next one is also a umbrella term. Mm-hmm. This one is catastrophizing. Yep. So catastrophizing. So I can give you the definition, but the best example that I can probably ever come up with for catastrophizing is Piglet from Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so y'all all know he goes around walking like oh dear <laughs> oh dear oh dear oh dear another great example would be chicken little mm-hmm. um or the guy. actual rabbit hole in alice in wonderland that too hmm. it's the spiral mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so catastrophizing you know basically when you the root of that is catastrophe so when you are having this type of distortion, your mind essentially takes a situation and makes it the worst thing that could ever possibly happen. Mm-hmm. And, and it could be really something really small. <laughs> like it don't have to be nothing mm-hmm. major. It could be that you sent an email to your coworker or boss and you had a typo in there. Mm-hmm. I'm about now to get I'm fired. fired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting fired. I know it. Oh, did you see the way they looked at me? Yeah, I'm getting fired. I'm getting canned tomorrow. Uh, so catastrophizing, this is probably one of the hardest ones for me as a a clinician to combat for a person because their mind is going to just jump from this one. Well, but what if, and the, what if train kind of gets started Mm -hmm. and it's like, wait, 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 hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Because if you chat as a therapist, if you challenge them too much now, my therapist doesn't like me. Mm -hmm. I just tell him I'm not here to like you. (laughs) I am here to help you reach the goals that you established when we did the intake assessment. So with that being said, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. they'd be like, well, Dr. Wall. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. We, we, let's focus. Yes. This one's hard. All of that. This, yeah. This one's hard for me. Mm-hmm. So like we said, we're jumping to conclusions. Uh, some of these are umbrellas and this one is one as well. Uh, what falls under catastrophizing is something called magnifying and minimizing. Mm-hmm. So magnifying is basically you use a magnifying glass, you know, to make things figuratively. <laughs> yeah. And you make a very small situation gigantic. Mm-hmm. So 
like uh, Dr. Jones' example. So I sent an email with a typo. Well, of course, now they're going to be upset with me. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to get written up. So you took something that didn't really have any major significance and you turned it into a big situation. Um, what they say, making a mountain out of a molehill. Mm-hmm. That, that cliche is basically what that means in uh, magnifying. Minimizing is you do the exact opposite. You take a situation that really does have some significance and you brush it off. Yeah, like you cussed your supervisor out in the uh, email. You can't understand why you being fired. Yes, you're wrong. <laughs> you know, anybody that's ever seen the show Bar Rescue or oh, Kitchen Nightmares. I love them shows. I binge these on YouTube all the time. And minimizing is probably one of the biggest things yes. that I see on these particular shows. Hmm. These people have kitchens that have rats, roaches. You know, they have grease dripping everywhere. Oh, that's gross. 60 pound life to 600 pound life to is one where they minimize how mm-hmm. much they're eating. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you don't realize you don't ate enough for five families. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's why you got to, you know, tally, write it down. Yeah. 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 That was probably like the, I was like, man, that's exactly what they're doing. They're just minimizing. And then on those episodes, when somebody happens to get fired, they have that same, mm-hmm. like, you know, shock Pikachu face. Or, you know, that um, confused white guy meme, the one where he's like shaking his head and he mm-hmm. does the eyes, that one, mm-hmm. they have that face like, what? You're firing me. W- whatever do you mean? Um, you haven't cleaned in here in six months. What do you mean? Why are you getting fired? You sent out raw chicken to that. You know, it's like mm-hmm. you have no concept of reality or what, you know, what the importance of a situation is. So if you ever find yourself uh, turning a mole mountain into a molehill mm-hmm. <laughs> versus the opposite, you are minimizing. And okay. So next we've got personalization. And personalization is when you distort a situation and you believe that, you know, kind of everything that's going on uh, somehow relates to you. Mm-hmm. And you fit yourself into scenarios. You somehow steer conversations back to you and how it relates to you and your life in some sort of way. And it deflects from uh, focusing on the other people that are you know, kind of with you or that you're talking to. I would say the a good example of this is adolescents or children or adolescents who experience uh, when their parents divorce and they think it's their fault. Mm-hmm. That's a good example. That is a good example. Uh, these type of people are hard to deal with as well. Uh, Cause it can kind of feel on the receiving end, like one upmanship mm-hmm. in some ways. Um, depending upon what they're personalizing about uh, or making it about them or they're the victim, like the perpetual victim. Yeah. Cause it's two sides to all of these. You either have the one that tends to be more positive. Neither, none of these are positive, but it tends to be on that side or you have one that's like in the dumps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I feel like this one's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Especially with, I mean, because I think all of us who are listening and talking (laughs) (laughs) know the the experience of a child experiencing a divorced household. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
you're blaming yourself for everything that's going on around you Mm -hmm. or you are the reason why everything is happening. So like I said, either side of that. And the thing is with children, they don't have the wherewithal to compartmentalize or be able to maneuver through that Mm -hmm. as an adult. um, And the thing is, if that's not addressed, then you continue that behavior in your adulthood. And that's, that's why we definitely advise parents who are getting the divorce with children to make sure their children are getting therapy as well. Mm -hmm. Cause it's not just about the adults in the, in the household is mm-hmm. the children also need to be able to discuss how it's affected them. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Uh, next on the list is a fallacy of control. And this particular distortion um, is basically about you try to control <laughs> everything <laughs> and everybody. Uh, you know, you feel best when you believe you've been able to, get all the variables and I've been able to, you know, line things up nice and neat and I've got my, okay, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I've controlled all of this. Um, and it's like, no, yeah. you know, you, you don't see yourself as, and this one, you really don't see yourself as competent in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So you try to account for that by controlling, controlling your environment. Yeah. You essentially, see, you see this a lot in, um, adult children of alcoholics or substance abuse users. You see this in people who have had some type of trauma, whether it be sexual, emotional, physical, mental, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so this is their way to never get back into those situations so they control every single thing. It doesn't mean that they actually believe that they're doing a great job at it, but it's a protection method. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, another kind of aspect to this particular distortion is like the internal control fallacy um so this one means that you feel like you're responsible for the emotional well-being of the people around you Mm -hmm. so i have to make everybody happy so you know i have to make you laugh i have to be there to support you um because if you're if i don't then you're gonna fall apart Mm -hmm. um this is one of my struggles Mm mm-hmm well, no, I wasn't saying because mm-hmm, no, you okay? okay. <laughs> <laughs> I realized after that came out, I was like, "Ooh, wrong timing." Gonna, yeah, that was yeah, that was bad timing. <laughs> I got I got thick skin, even if that was what you meant. I'm good. <laughs> but yeah, this one is different. I would say this is a hard one for therapists. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of in general. Yeah. You know, if we had to go with that rescuer, saver, abuser triad, you know, mm-hmm. this falls in. We're just natural. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. It definitely depends on the role that you played in your family. And we talked about that, I believe, several sessions ago. Mm -hmm. But the role that you played in your family definitely uh, can affect this internal control. Because if you were a rescuer, if you were uh, a hero or I I can't say scapegoat because that's not one. I mean, it is one, but it's not for this for this thing. Mm hmm. Uh, another fallacy that kind of falls in line with these is the fallacy of fairness. Um, so this is one where you feel like everything should be equal. 50, <laughs> 50, which in reality, most of the time doesn't really exist when you're dealing with human nature and human behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a real such thing as 50, 50, but we believe it. Not unless you paying a tab or something. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 
this one happens with uh cheating a lot as well Mm -hmm. you know so one person believes well you weren't meeting my needs and you were not you know having relations with me and (laughs) you were no you were neglecting me and you know they list all this stuff that they feel and which may be legit that they have been missing in their relationship so they use that as a justification to go out and have um you know a separate situation little thing going on Mm -hmm. um so because it's it's just fair yeah what would you expect me to do you were neglecting me well you neglected yourself too because you didn't say nothing either you know you got to accept responsibility in the problems as well not fault, but responsibility and not just say not just say words you have to communicate what is actually going on because mm-hmm. a lot of times we have clients who say well i well i did communicate that with them how, what, really but you just told me you don't know what you want so how could you mm-hmm. have communicated anything clearly if you don't know what you mm-hmm. want right yeah remember when i was telling y'all that story <laughs> about me being a kid in um like kindergarten and i was trying to get uh a specific present Oh, to yeah. my friend, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that falls into this realm. My mom is probably dying laughing because they had to r- literally call her to calm me down because I was like, No, Deanna needs this gift, you know, she needs this gift because that's fair. Oh, Lord, <laughs> favorite color, she shouldn't get it because she don't like that color. It's, y'all, I was such an emotional child. <laughs> <laughs> This reminds me of like if you try to break like a cookie in half for kids. (laughs) And if one is even slightly bigger than the other, what's the next thing out of that person's mouth? Their cookie is bigger than mine. That's not fair. That's why you just give them (laughs) both mini cookies. Don't buy the big ones. Buy the mini ones and they both get one. See? Problem Problem solved. solved. I love it. May have more chocolate chocolate chips in it. No, thank you. Can we normalize chocolate chip cookies without chocolate chips in them? Or minis. Or minis. Chipless chocolate chip cookies. I don't know what you want to call them. Can we normalize that, please? That's what my mom does them sometimes. Or she gets the mini chocolate chip because I don't like all that extra. I don't either. My sister-in-law does them for me every now and then. Oh, man. So shout out to our family members that cater to our needs. Yes. (laughs) Because I was in hog heaven mm-hmm. i was like oh my god she just brought him to the house one day and i was like oh, what <laughs> it's shipless chocolate chip cookies <laughs> don't mind if i do uh we digress we did we back because i was about to have a whole tangent on that but i'm i reeled it back in thank you <laughs> the one of the issues though with the fallacy of fairness this can lead to a lot of resentment and anger yes. that gets built up within the individual that's you know in that distortion mm-hmm. um because of that it's not fair and now i feel like you know the cards are stacked against me you know you're it creates this kind of adversarial relationship with the people mm-hmm. around them yeah i don't know if you all remember the session we had on um ps ptsd on the jobs i can't remember what that what, what is it, was it just the job is it just a job and i was talking about the times that I applied for a leadership position and at this location, I was the highest um, credential credential person there. And I applied the first time I applied, I didn't get it. And I was like, man, 
Well, that ain't because somebody with all license and credentials are important. So I'm not (laughs) saying anything, critiquing this license, Mm -hmm. but the person who got it was not a doctor. (laughs) And so I was like, well, that ain't fair. And so it it was one of those situations where I did build resentments and I did become angry with the company. Mm-hmm. And especially when they asked me the second time to apply and they still didn't give it to me. Ooh. Yeah, I really would have been. Yeah, don't ready. ask me nothing. But then the third time I applied and I didn't get it, I was, well, I was on my way out anyway, so it didn't matter. Yeah. But I was, I didn't think the same way that time. Mm-hmm. Oh. But that was five years later. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been ready to blow. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this one is, I think this one is hard too. Yeah. Because it's, if you really kind of walk that line of that, there should be, I don't know if I'm going to use the word equity or equality or fairness. Like if you really do have a belief in 50, 50 or, you know, balance. Every, uh-huh. You're going to be upset a lot. You're just going <laughs> to walk around constantly being, you know, kind of emotionally threatened and, you know, because it's just not the way the world works, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And I, that was a hard learn for me. I mean, and although I had to, I had to leave that location and go to Arizona to their location to get over it. Mm-hmm. But I, I was able to get over it because I, I couldn't, like you said, I can't, I couldn't keep holding on to their, what I felt was unfair. Yeah. Yeah. Life's not fair is a real statement that people need to take into practice. It doesn't mean that you just let stuff go or not deal with things, but there's a reality that life is really not fair and you can only control the parts that you actually have power over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And you still have to deal with it. You know, even you can still think it's not fair. But mm-hmm. and you have to deal with that what you feel was unfair and yeah. and understand that and I, I hate to say it like this because it does seem like you're just kind of brushing it under the sweeping it under the rug or whatnot, but you you have to deal with the fact that okay, life is not fair. So how do I get through this? What mm-hmm. are my steps? How, and it's not it's not like it's gonna it's even saying that it's not gonna change overnight. Mm-mm. True. And I believe that's one of the struggles kind of in mental health care, just in general, is that nothing is an overnight process. If you have, you know, these, any of these distortions, or you have trauma, or you're, you know, you've had loss or something like that, your healing process is complex, and it's not quick. You know, you can't say you're going to come to three sessions and I'm going to be all, you know, it's going to be all gravy and, you know, sunshine and rainbows. That's just not how this stuff works. You have had a lifetime of experiences and you've had a lifetime for those things to, you know, collapse together and become convoluted and tied and intertwined in ways that you probably can't, you can't understand or sometimes even access. So, you know, mental health, Mm -hmm. it it takes a while. So I agree with you that you got to be patient with yourself that if you use any of these heavily, because we don't always use these all the time in every situation that you're coming across, these are going to be highlighted based off 
situations that tend to create emotional distress in you. You know, if you're talking about I went up to drive through and I'm trying to decide between a number one and a number two, you're probably not engaging in, you know, cognitive distortions <laughs> at the That's moment. That's not black and white thinking. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. Um, so these are usually, you know, kind of triggered by emotional distress. And that takes time to learn how to deal with that and how to think differently. And it doesn't have to even be emotional distress related to what you're actually going through right now. A -hmm. part of what we do in our sessions to help people even come to terms with this, these cognitive distortions is what we call the ABCs active event, activating event beliefs and consequences. And we have to go through those things because typically what we end up doing is we skip B we go from activating event to C, which is the consequences. And we don't pay attention to the beliefs and the thoughts that we're having Mm -hmm. to call C. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's taken from rationally motive behavior therapy. So that's one of the things that we talk about all the time on here. Um, But also the part that we typically help our clients with is the D and the E of the ABCs was, which is disputing that Mm -hmm. thought because the thought is jacked up in the first place Mm -hmm. and then e which is the you know the brand new um consequence or brand new belief or you know whatever Mm -hmm. so you know you have to have a complete processing situation and that's a to e not just a b c right yeah and the thing is a lot of us because it takes like dr strickland was saying because it takes a while to kind of unravel this. We only teach you the ABC in the beginning mm-hmm. because that's the only thing you can handle right now. Mm-hmm. We can't teach you the ABC A through the E because you, you got to figure out the A because a lot, like I said, a lot of people go from A to C and they skip B. So mm-hmm. we have to teach you to pay attention to the B. Yep. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is also, you know, one of the things that pop up in this particular framework is like masturbations and shoulda, coulda, wouldas and things like that. It was next. It was next. It was Let's next. Do it. I love those yeah. masturbations. So, that like, was a good segue, Dr. Wall. <laughs> so, you know, our, our little friend, you know, Albert, um, he came up with a lot of these phrases like mustard, not to be confused with master. It's mustard. And it's the thought process of always thinking that you have to do this. I must do this. It's the absolutes. The absolutes. Exactly. And he came up with another phrase as stop shooting all over yourself. So you're shoulda, coulda, Mm wouldas. So it's important to, you know, hold your thoughts captive. Oh, and by the way, because Dr. Wall said Albert, not Albert Einstein. No. (laughs) Albert (laughs) Ellis. He's the one that we've talked about in the past that used to cuss his clients out. We don't cuss our clients out. You know, we are. We get on them, but we don't cuss them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shoulds, this is a big one. <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes, even when I'm in session and I say the word should, I'm always <gasps> constantly too. thinking like, ugh. Like, am I, am I creating, mm-hmm. yeah, like, am I creating a should um, in this individual? Like, if I say, well, you know, you should be engaging in self-care. Mm-hmm. Like, did I just create now it this, this have to be, I need to, I <laughs> must, you know, I must, ought to. right. So this, this one really catches me up a me lot. Too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because it creates this, this idea of if it doesn't go this way, then it kind of filters back down to failure. Yeah. The expectation of it all. And it's not really that deep. It, you know, how I try to phrase it for myself personally is I get to do 
something mm-hmm. so it's like okay i want to you do know something. i get to go blah 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 or i get to blah you know instead of it being like if you don't do this you done failed at life how you fail because of one thing mm-hmm. your whole life gone and that's what um absolutes are they are demands on our lives and when we operate in those demands it doesn't allow room for failure or mm-hmm. mistakes it mm-hmm. or imperfections mm-hmm. this can lead to feelings of guilt mm-hmm. shame I mean, there's so much that's wrapped up in this particular distortion that, that I almost feel like this is the, this is a whole. I this think is a this top is the number. Yes, yeah, this is yeah. the number one. Yeah, because it, I because the of the way we speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a serious like shadow work area for anybody that doesn't know what shadow work is. It's when you look at the imperfections that you have and you analyze them to make yourself be a better person, and that's that's some tough work that's not an easy journey Mm -hmm. and i do not recommend that you do it by yourself (laughs) (laughs) yes absolutely yeah Yeah. we have because we try to teach our clients how to use softer kinder Mm -hmm. more Mm -hmm. loving language toward themselves and then like dr strickland said we'll say something like Mm -hmm. you should be doing self-care because you really should but we're you shitting re- on you. <laughs> yes. You have to replace it. Yeah. A good mm-hmm. example of this one, just kind of in a life situation, one that I have heard several times um, over the years is like, well, I should have got my degree. I, I should have a house by now. I should be married by now. Should have kids. Uh huh. I should have kids by now. And it's like, oh, Why? Do you even want that? Because a lot of times yeah. people don't be wanting these things. It's just the societal norm. Excuse me, because I'm stuttering. It's just the society. <laughs> societal? Thank you. <laughs> My speech impediment came out, y'all. <laughs> it's these norms <laughs> <laughs> that we fall up under and we think that, okay, this is how we should be. This is how we should live. And in reality, it's like, okay, is does that work for you? Yeah, absolutely. Because we, we, we have, we, Mm, I was getting ready to use the absolute. It would be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Good save, Dr. (laughs) If we could stop living based on the expectations that other people have for us. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Um, So guys, there are all kinds of additional um, cognitive distortions. If you guys love and are interested in hearing more of them, we will definitely kind of add on to this list. But these are like the top 10, you know, kind of like the original 10 that were developed. And of course, over time, people add on Mm -hmm. uh, more as they do more research and we learn uh, more about human behavior. So there are some additional cognitive distortions so we may do a part two Mm -hmm. to this one so that we can give you more information about how those ones look and if you notice that you may be doing some of these you know in your uh, life and or relationships Uh, so we definitely want to get your feedback on that as well and as always we end each session with a quote so today's quote is brought to you by James Baldwin And it goes, people who believe that they are strong-willed and the masters of their destiny can only continue to believe this by becoming specialists in self-deception. So basically, you got to lie to yourself sometimes in order to (laughs) make it through. (laughs) Don't do that. Stop it. But don't do it. (laughs) You shouldn't. (laughs) Ha ha ha. You like what I did there, guys? See you next time. Must be his volume control. 
So, okay, interns, process your notes. Be sure to catch us next session and find us on all major platforms at The Recycled Podcast. If you're a new intern, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Thanks for listening. And remember, we are shifting and reshaping our psyche through healing conversations and connections, one discussion at a time.